He's a wonderful Savior. I want you to think about that at Christmas time. He's wonderful in his birth, wonderful in his life, wonderful in his death, wonderful in his resurrection, but he is wonderful now. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. Thank you, Laura, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. I'm inviting you and your family to the Christmas Eve candlelight service, Tuesday, December the 24th at the Largo Community Church. Come bring the entire family to the silent night Christmas Eve candlelight service, Tuesday, December the 24th at 8.30 at the Largo Community Church in Largo, Maryland. Now, let's go into the sanctuary for the Christmas message. Deciding on a child's name sometimes can be a very difficult task. Parents, how did you decide on your child's name? How did you choose a name? Sometimes we will choose a name because it's a family name. Uh, My first name is a family name. My dad had the same first name, and I had uh, not aunts, uncles who had the same first name, and so uh, they gave me the first name. Now, where my mother ever got that second name from, I'll never know. But uh, people select names in different ways. Sometimes parents will take a book and have a whole list of children's names. I just wonder how you came by the name Noah for that little baby back there. But uh, that's a good name. All names are good names, aren't they? Sometimes we'll name our children after a friend uh, that we like and admire. Uh, We'll name our child. uh, Sometimes a Bible name. And... um, then sometimes we'll just create a name like uh, Tammy Lucas did for her daughter, Brianca. Never heard that name before, but that's a pretty name, Brianca. <clears throat> when our daughter was born, our, our first child, Rebecca, we named her Rebecca for two reasons. There was a young man and his wife in the ministry that we admired very much, and they had a little baby girl named Rebecca. And Corinne and I just loved that little baby. We'd just hold it and kiss it and play with it all the time. We just so enjoyed that baby. And then Rebecca is a biblical name. There was Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca, the mother of Joseph and, uh, or Jacob and Esau. And so we named her Rebecca. And then when my son was born, I went to the hospital and Corinne said, I already named him. (laughs) You already named him. What did you name him? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, she named him after, uh, after me and uh, put a Roman numeral two behind his name, and she said, that makes it legal. And I remember writing to one of my former parishioners in a church that I pastored in North Carolina many years ago, and I said, I don't know whether this is a sign of things to come, but Corinne has stopped naming our children and gone to numbering them. <clears throat> what does this mean? When I was pastoring a church in Baltimore, there was a lady in the congregation, and she served as a nurse in one of the local hospitals, and she came in one morning, and she was smiling all over herself and just telling me, she said, if I didn't have an experience today or the other day, she said, uh, we were checking this lady out and uh, who had just given birth, this young girl, to this little baby girl, and so I asked her, her what her name was. I was filling out the form, and she said, her name is Femel. She said, Femel. She said, how do you spell that? She said, F-E-M-A-L-E, 
female. She said, uh, you named your little girl female? She said, no, I didn't name it. She said, the hospital named it. Said they had this little band around her wrist. And <laughs> so people come up with names. <clears throat> I think of some of the families from Africa. They give their children biblical names and names with meaning. And also uh, from India, uh, one of our ushers this morning, uh, his uh, name pronounced in, in the Indian language means king. And so we choose our names differently and obviously very wisely. So during the next few Sundays in December, I'm going to be preaching on the names of Jesus as given by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9, 700 years before Jesus was born. I want you to look at the screen and read verse 6, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 with me. Read it together in unison. And he will be called wonderful. You know, there's a thousand different things in this world called by names that do not belong to them. But Jesus is called wonderful because he is wonderful. Isn't he wonderful? Let's read it again. And he, will be called and he will be called wonderful. Now, I want you to take your course sheet and stand and sing with me a course number one. His name is Wonderful. It'll be on the screen, but it's also in your bulletin. You're going to have to sing real loud. Sing it to Jesus. Sing it with joy. <clears throat> I'm having a little bit of difficulty today. My voice. says amen. 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 You may be seated. You have some spaces in your outline, in your bulletin. His name is wonderful because he's wonderful. He's wonderful in his birth. Think of it with me. The eternal of the ages becomes an infant and draws nourishment from a virgin's breast. Marvelous. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
we stand back and we struggle to understand or imagine the wonder of it all, the eternal of the ages. He who made the, the sun, the moon, the stars, he and his father spoke them into existence. Spoke them into existence. And yet he is born. The scripture says, by him all things were made. And without him was not anything made that was made. He made everything. Yet he is born of a woman. I pause and I wonder. I don't understand. But I praise and I give glory to the Lord for his gracious gifts. Eternal yet born of a woman, almighty, think about it, yet hanging on a woman's breast, supporting the universe, yet carried in a woman's arms. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Wonderful in his birth. Say it, wonderful in his birth. Wonderful in his life. Didn't he live a great life? A wonderful life. He went around doing wonderful things, forgiving people of their sins, healing the sick, touching the cripple, putting his hand on the eyes of the blind. Everywhere he went, everything he did, everything he touched was absolutely wonderful. And he's doing wonderful things today, touching lives, ministering to hearts, Oh, I pray that he'll touch you today and do something wonderful for you. And you'll walk away from this place saying, what a wonderful day. What a wonderful service. What a wonderful Jesus. What a wonderful thing he did for me this morning. He does wonderful things. His name is wonderful. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. It's Christmas time at Largo Community Church. You're invited to the beautiful choir cantata and sermon entitled Jesus Came on Time, Sunday, December 22, and the Silent Night Candlelight Service on Christmas Eve, December 24 at 8.30. Our website, largocc.org, phone number 301-249-2255. The Largo Community Church is located only minutes from FedEx Field, 1701 Enterprise Road, Largo, Maryland. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. 2,000 years have come and gone, and Jesus is more popular today than he ever was before in history. That's true. He has done so many wonderful things. He influenced the world so greatly. He changed the calendar from A.D. to B.C. from B.C. to A.D., He influenced the world. The world will never be the same again because Jesus was here and the influence he cast upon the earth. He was wonderful in his birth. Say wonderful in his birth. Wonderful in his life. Wonderful in his death. Think of the death that he died. His enemies, they taunted him. They jeered at him. They took a spear and put it in his side. The pain They nailed his flesh to the cross. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Now, all of this caused him great physical pain. Eventually, it was lethal. It killed him. 
But the thing that I don't understand, yes, if, if, if you, you know, if you want to kill a person, if you want to execute a person, if capital punishment, if, if you want to do that, now how they can do that to this good man who went around and did such many wonderful things in his life, you know, I'll never know. I, I can only understand it in, in this way that he came, Jesus came to die for me and to take my sin and my punishment, and he did. But the thing that I, I, I think I just don't quite understand is when they spit on him. Now, that didn't cause any physical pain. But, but the human heart is so desperately wicked and so ugly. The unregenerate heart, the heart that does not know the Lord Jesus. They spit on him. Now, that didn't cause any physical pain. But how angry people could be. I can't imagine how that must feel I mean, to be nailed, to be speared, to be crowned, to be lashed, uh, but to be spit upon. There was a man in California, a black man, an African-American. He was a professor at one of the renowned universities, a man highly revered. And he was out jogging on a Saturday morning in a very nice neighborhood, very expensive homes. And it was a warm morning. And a carload of teenagers drove by, and they slowed down. They ro- the windows were down, already down. And, uh, and they started calling him names, and they used the N-word and, and the other expletives. But then they all started spitting at him, and the spit caught in his beard. And that Christian man said he became, he said, I became so enraged. He said, if I could have caught that car, he said, I would have literally tore the bumper off of it and lashed those boys. But he said, immediately it came to my mind, they spit on Jesus, my Savior. And he says, when I thought of Jesus, the Holy Spirit brought Jesus to my mind. He said, my anger abated And he said, I felt at peace. And I thought, they did that to Jesus. You know, that's the only way we can forgive, is to remember Jesus, to think about Jesus, to remember, hey, friend, has anybody ever betrayed you? A spouse, a husband, a wife, they betrayed you, they betrayed the marriage. Has anybody ever lied on you or told something that was untrue about you? Has anybody ever done anything to hurt you? Well, think about it. Everything that has come to you first came to Jesus. And the only way that you and I are going to learn to forgive is to remember Jesus and how he was treated. And that dear black man said, I was able to forgive those boys. I was able to continue jogging. I was able to have peace. Friend, listen to me. This world will never experience love one for another until Jesus comes into the heart. There will always be racism and prejudice. There will, it'll always exist. You'll never outlive it. It'll be here after you're long gone unless Jesus comes into the heart. Only Jesus can cause people to love one another. And only Jesus can settle us down and, and quiet us and take away our anxiety and our, our worry. Only he can do it. Look to Jesus. He loves you. He suffered for you. Remember him, and you will have peace in your heart. The only thing I think that can be done is that parents can teach the children differently than what parents are teaching children. 
I remember talking to Al Haynes, and I said, Al, how could people treat one person and another person the way they treat them? Because of their race. How can people hate and, and do the bitter, ugly things? And Al said to me, the parents, it has to start with the parents. When they get to be teenagers, it's too late. Parents pass that on. Parents, you have an awesome responsibility. Teach your children about Jesus. Don't teach your children to become vindictive. You'll only hurt them. They'll only grow up with bitter feelings, unkind feelings. They'll only grow up feeling hurt. Teach them about Jesus. He was wonderful in his life, wasn't he? Remember when he did, after they nailed him, after they crucified him, after they speared him, after they spit on him, he didn't open his mouth. My, you know, if that had been me, you know what I would have said? You wait until my dad gets you. You're going to get it. You're not going to get away with this. He didn't threaten them with judgment to come. He didn't say, when my dad is through with you, you'll know better. No, he never opened his mouth. But when he did open his mouth, what did he say? Father, forgive them. Can you say amen? Amen. This is what Jesus will do. And friends, he's wonderful now. Say that. He's wonderful now. Right now, he's wonderful. And he's doing so many wonderful things, so many blessed things. You know, I think of how he saved my life and saved my soul and forgave my sins. He did the most wonderful thing, the most wonderful thing. And I praise him every day, and I'll praise him forever. And then he kept me saved. Not only did he save me, but he kept me in the family of God. He's kept me all these years. And that's a wonderful thing also to know how he has kept me and blessed me through the difficulties, the problems, the trials. You don't live in this world very long until you have problems and trials and troubles. They're, they're just, it goes with the territory. It just goes with life. But Jesus is a wonderful Savior to be there, to bless us and to help us during these difficulties and all of these trials. You know, I've, I've learned to lean on him in prayer. I've learned to derive wisdom from him when I didn't know and when I didn't understand and when I had decisions to make. I've learned to find strength to endure when I didn't think I was going to be able to endure. I want to tell you of a lady that I met so many years ago, even before I became pastor of the Largo Community Church. Her name was Marilyn because she's been in heaven for a long time now. But I was just a very young pastor. <clears throat> and uh, Marilyn, I, I didn't know her. She was a stranger to me. But she was in Walter Reed Hospital. And a friend of Marilyn, a Christian friend of Marilyn, asked me, said, would you go visit her? She's from out west. She doesn't have a pastor. Would you go pray with her? She's dying. Marilyn knew she was dying. She knew she had cancer. She knew about her physical condition. I went to meet Marilyn. I didn't see her until I walked to her bedside. And she told me her story. She said, a number of years ago, my husband and I lived in this area. And then my husband had an opportunity, and I had an opportunity to move west to one of the western states and to get better employment and to make a whole lot of money. She said, much, much more money than we had ever made if we had stayed here. And she said, we were in a fine church, raising our babies in a fine church here in this 
Washington, D.C. area. And then we moved west, and we started making all of this money. And she said, just imperceptibly, gradually, we started missing church on Sunday, missing prayer meeting. And she said, we just drifted away. And we didn't know when it happened. You know, friends, people don't backslide immediately. It's a slow, imperceptible process. And she said, all of a sudden, we just found our hearts cold. And she said, but soon my husband and I, our hearts were cold toward each other. And she says, and then just a short time ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, I came back to Walter Reed Hospital because my sister lives in this area. And I wanted to be with my sister. She said, Pastor Morris, she said, my husband came, stood at my bed and said, Marilyn, I can't take this. I can't take this. I'm going to leave you. Now, Marilyn, only two weeks prior to my visit, was in church. I mean, she really went down very quickly. And she said, here's my husband. He didn't come. He wasn't there when she died. He didn't attend her funeral. He just pushed it out of his mind like she never existed. He took the 19-year-old son and went back west. Marilyn stayed here with the 15-year-old son and her sister. And she smiled as she was talking. had a little smile on her face, just so thin, dying. She died shortly after that. And I asked her, I said, Marilyn, how can you do this? I mean, how can a man walk out on a wife after 23 years of marriage, two sons, and he said he can't do it. Friend, you know there's things coming into our life that we're not going to be able to handle without Jesus. But there's a lot of things that we can handle We can handle anything with Jesus because he gives the strength. He's a wonderful Savior. No wonder his name is called Wonderful. But that man, I I can't imagine it. I can't explain it. All these years have passed. But you know what Marilyn said to me? She said, Pastor, I, I came back to the Lord. She said, when we were here, like I said, we went to church. We went out there and made a lot of money and forgot God. She said, but I've come back to the Lord. I've given my heart to him. I've renewed my faith in him. And that was in answer to the question, how are you able to cope when your husband walked out on you like that? When you're sick, when you need him the most, you couldn't need him more. And he just left you to die alone. No wonder that friend asked me to go over there. She didn't have anybody. She didn't have a soul. But you know what she said to me? She smiled. She died shortly after that. She said, Pastor, she said, this hasn't been a good year for me. She said, next year's going to be better. He's a wonderful Savior. I want you to think about that at Christmas time. He's wonderful in his birth, wonderful in his life, wonderful in his death, wonderful in his resurrection, but he is wonderful now. You know, we, we know a lot about Jesus intellectually, but somehow it takes... I don't know really what it takes for it to get down, this knowledge that we know about him, to get down into our emotions and to touch us with a worship of awe. You know, we know about it, but it really doesn't get there. Not to very many people. But I pray that it'll get to your heart today, that the Holy Spirit will bring Jesus, whose name is wonderful, the one who does wonderful things. And that you will experience something wonderful this morning in your life. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. Let's bow before him. 
In Psalm 107.20, the scripture says, He sent His word and healed them. We hope today's healing word has been a blessing and has encouraged your faith in God to grow. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at the Largo Community Church at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service to experience a wonderful fellowship of believers and faith-building messages based on God's Word that are sure to encourage your spiritual formation in Christ. Infant care is provided, and there are Sunday school classes available for all ages, so why not join us this Sunday? The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Mitchellville, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Again, this is Pastor Jack Morris inviting you to the Christmas Eve Candlelight Service Tuesday, December 24th at the Largo Community Church. Service time is 8.30 p.m. That's the Silent Night Christmas Eve Candlelight Service Tuesday, December 24th at 8.30 at the Largo Community Church, Largo, Maryland. Merry Christmas, everyone. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.